Hello and welcome to a special edition of Record Sport Live. My name is Daniel Cott and I'm delighted to be joined by Record Sports Gavin Berry and Andy Newport. Guys, how are you? Hi Daniel, how are you, mate? Hey, Good Daniel, plans. thank you. There's only, there's only one thing on the agenda today, obviously. Gavin, maybe start with yourself. Rangers have sacked Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. Maybe not the most shocking news, but what's your take on it? It's not the World Cup. I thought we were going to talk about the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, my take on it is, Daniel, that I think after the 1-1 draw against St Mirren, I think at full time, the reaction of the fans for the second week running, having, you know, booed at McDermott Park after the defeat at St Johnston, my feeling at full time, much like, I suppose, anyone else who was asked for their opinion then, was that, I could not see a scenario where he would be in charge for the next game after the, the, the month-long break at home at Hibs on December the 15th. I just thought there's no way. Celtic winning later on that day to go nine points clear. Uh, he just thought there's no chance. Then when the Rangers, the Ibrox board didn't act, you know, in, in this couple of days after that, he start to wonder, you know, did he have a different view on it? But um, clearly there was only going to be one outcome and it just took a bit longer than many thought to arrive at that decision. So absolutely not shocked at all. Maybe a little surprised that it took so long. Um, but as I say, I just couldn't see him being in charge for that Hibs game because the fans had turned and you just, I just don't think, we spoke about it before, Andy, it's very, very rare when you get to a situation like that uh, at Rangers or Celtic where a manager turns it around uh, and it looked as if it had gone beyond that point. Uh, and it was always just a question of of when when he was going to leave. Andy, it's almost a year to the day since he was appointed. I think it was a year on Friday there. Um, in that year, he's won the Scottish Cup, reached the European final, reached the Champions League. Is he right to feel a little bit hard done to? Um yeah, he's obviously achieved some pretty big things uh, during that 12 months in charge, but I don't think there's any doubt that in some pretty significant aspects have went backwards. You, know, you look at league performances, you know, when he took over, they had a sort of commanding lead at the, the top of the table. You know, he did really well, eight games unbeaten, I think it was, at the start of his reign. And then, obviously, COVID comes in. I think he was, he was talking about that last week, about how... Unfortunate it was that the, the league season, um, gets, the, the winter break got brought in early because of the you know surging COVID cases at that time, and then when they came back, they just they just froze as, as Rangers have made a nasty habit of doing coming out of the, the winter break, um, and then this season it's just been a continuation of that. Obviously, you know the club would expect him when they won the title under Stephen Gerrard that they would go on and this would be a, a start of a period of, of domination of Scottish football, you know, especially given the way Celtic are looking at that point, and it, it's just not transpired to be like that. Um, you know, performances in Europe this season have been, obviously there's been a huge step up in, in quality they've been facing, but they've just not been anywhere near good enough. And then when you combine it with, you know, to be all but out of the, the title race before you're, you know, even out in November, it's, it's just not good enough. So, um, no, I mean... Yeah, I mean, there's been a few big sort of sliding door moments, you know, had COVID not sort of struck in the way it did, had the, the league season, the, the winter break not been brought forward, perhaps, you know, Rangers go to Petodges or were due to do, get, a, get a win up there, they, 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 they face Celtic, they put in a better performance than they managed when they, when they eventually did face in, in February, and this might all turned out so different. Um, but, you know, as things stand, I think, you know, even Europa League, you know, had, you know, a couple of penalty kicks went, 
the other way, then you know, you're looking at Giovan Broncos being only the, the fourth man ever of taking a, a Scottish club to a European trophy. You know, these these you know, we find margins went against him and you know unfortunately he's he's paid the price for his job. It's funny, Andy, to think that only six months ago we were sitting together side by side at Seville watching that final. I mean, six months ago. I mean, as remarkable. I mean, but do I mean, you think? But do you think had they won? Had you think if they they'd won? You're saying it's like a penalty kick away, because even if you look at last season, you know, surrendering the the, the lead that he inherited from Stephen Gerrard, there were still question marks domestically. Still I mean, do you think if he'd won that and still been nine points clear now that it would have made any difference? I think it maybe insulates him a wee bit. You know, it's hard, you know, it's a bit like, I mean, it's not the same scale, obviously, but you look at, say, Callum Davidson at St. Johnson wins those two trophies with them. Then the next season, they have a pretty horrendous season, survived by the skin of their teeth relegation. Um, and I think it was because of what he'd done the previous season, those historic victories that he was given that period of grace by the by the board up in Perth. Is it the same? You know, is it the pressures are a wee bit you know, more intense down, down here in Glasgow. Would they would they have survived in this kind of season? Had he uh, won Europa League? I think he might. I think he might have been given more time by the fans. I think, I think the thing that has you know brought this to a head is, is as you said, Gav, is, is the reaction from the punters. You know. I was at both uh, those draws against St. Johnson's. I must say, I was a wee bit more surprised in Paisley. There wasn't more of a reaction. I think everyone just kind of seemed resigned to their fate at that point. Yeah. I think the punters at that point realised there's no way he can go on. It's, they had to make their voices heard in Perth because it had gone, gone too far for them. You know, they, yeah. they'd had the humiliation in the Champions League. They'd been spanked a couple of times off a of Celtic over Gio's time in, uh, time in Ibrox. And to then go to Perth and, you know, at that point it was seven points behind. That was too far. That's when you saw the punters bare their teeth, obviously. Yeah. He, he, he survived another week, got a result against Hearts, but, you know, goes to Paisley. Again, another pretty just a nothing display, no sign of style, no sign of yeah. fight, no, just a, you know, a, a result that basically says <clears throat> this is the end of uh, this, this, this manager's time in charge. And I think, it, you know, there wasn't that outcry, that rage at the end of the game. I think everyone just New, new times up. The only surprise has been how long it, how long it's taken from the board to actually come to the decision. I think you tend to find that with fans they jump up and down when they're really angry, yeah. and, it's not, and then they, as you say, they almost then get beyond that point where it's like, oh, you know, they just sort of give up. And that, in many ways, is worse. You know, when it's when it just ends up being a kind of shrug of the shoulders and there's apathy. It, it sounds it's, it's to that board. point you've written off the season. At that point, when the fans can't even. Have the, the anger to the fury within them to sh- sh- jump up and, sh- and shout, as you say. Yeah. Then, yeah. then you're just looking, well, we've got another six months of the season left. Yeah. Let's just get over and done with. You know, I think the real anger comes when there's something at stake. And I think that pretty sums up the sad state that Rangers are in at the moment. You know, out of Europe, okay, they've still got both the cups to play for. But in terms of the league, I mean, it's going to take an almighty turnaround in fortunes for, for Rangers to get back in this title race, especially because the way. Celtic are playing in their form has been remarkable, you know. Yeah. One, one defeat in 15 16 this season, so in, yeah. in terms of the league, so yeah. they just don't look like a team that's going to give anything away, and so that makes it all the harder for Rangers to even contemplate yeah. getting back in here because it's not as if Celtic are giving them the wee sniffs of uh, opportunity here and there, yeah. there's just nothing at the moment for them. To we, did, 
we did remember have a, a chat about this last week when um, in Dick Advocates sort of final season member Celtic were uh, way way ahead in the league and Rangers brought Alex McLeish in round about this time and although the league was gone he, he sort of laid down a marker for the following season didn't I think yeah. he won the two trophies that were available yeah. the league cup yeah, yeah, um, yeah. beat the Celtic in both and then they beat them in the Scottish Cup final so he came in and sort of made a statement as you know, it won't be so easy next year. And that's that's the thing that Rangers could maybe do now if they can get a manager in, you know, because they're still in the semi-final of the League Cup, you know, against Aberdeen. And if they had just stuck with Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, then the likelihood is they would maybe have lost at Hamden or even if they scraped through that, you know, would they have beaten Celtic in the final if they get past Kilmarnock? Probably yeah. not. So it's probably better that they, they act now. Well, they had to. I don't think there's yeah. any other choice. I mean, it's pretty. Whoever comes in is going to be a daunting task for them because, you know, you know, you look at the state of the squad and it's in terms of injuries as well. I mean, you, yeah. no real sign of when any of these guys are going to be coming back. It might be, you know, December. It might be January. But you know, you're still got a period, of, a tough run, especially that game against Celtic just after New Year. Um, you know, then you've got the contract situation. You know, five six guys out of contract, including Morelos and Kent. Although. <laughs> both of them are playing right now. That doesn't seem like to be too too great a loss if they both were to leave. Um, you know, you're you're thinking about right, what sort of money they're going to have to spend. Obviously, the club have prioritised sort of the repayment of the director loans uh, in the last set of results. That sort of seem to indicate that. So, you know, is there going to be money to spend? Obviously, they did make a lot of money at the tail end of last season with uh, Aribo and and Calvin Bassi going the Champions League qualification cash coming in. You know, is is a new man going to have that money to, to uh, put his own stamp in things, and then even with the recruitment, you know, the recruitment that the club, the, the, the sort of list of players that the club's been providing for managers over the last couple of years, you know, hasn't been great. The, the, the signings haven't worked, you know, apart from Antonio Chola, the, the, the guys that come in this summer, Tom Lawrence, he is unfortunate with injury, but you know, the rest of them yet to see any real great statement performances from them that would indicate that these guys are going to be able to drag Rangers back into a title race or, or or offer hope for next season. So what big question marks for, for the new manager coming in in, in terms of how he deals with it and whether or not he's going to be able to get that reaction, as you say, that, that Alex McLeish got when, when he took over back in, when was it, 2002 or something like that? Yeah. It has been, it was such a strange season. I'm just looking back when, when Van Bronckhorst took over last season. I mean, he starts with four wins. Uh then he draws away to Leon. Okay, I think that was a dead draw. Then another four wins, you know, in the league. And then there's, there was a draw up at Petaudry on the, on the midweek. Yeah. Uh, another couple of wins, and then a draw at Ross County. But he didn't actually lose until the Celtic game. But obviously, the manner of that defeat was hugely damaging. But I mean, he'd only had two draws in the league in like his first thirteen games. I mean, it, when you look back at that, uh, you know, but but just losing those four points, it just sort of seemed yeah. to. I think maybe the style in some of those games. I think there was one of the, there was a win at Hibs. Um, you know what they didn't play great, and I think there was just a few doubters there. There was wee seeds of doubt even I mean, early it, on. It's funny looking back at that period because at the time, you know, the way Rangers played under Stephen Gerrard, it was so prescribed, so structured. You know, they they had a way of playing it, and they played it every time. There was no plan Plan B. It was just do Plan A every time. Yeah. And Broncos came in and he took a wee bit of the reins off. He, you know, he didn't let the... <laughs> he, he wanted them a wee bit more direct, get the ball into the front men a wee bit quicker. And everyone was thinking, this is maybe uh, 
you know, Gerard has maybe got a wee bit muddled with time. He get, he get burrowed to into his system and his, his, his way of playing, and this was just relaxing things. But the longer it's gone on, the more of that structure, the more of that system has come away, and it just looks a bit of a mess. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there at Paisley last week, and you're just you're trying to work out what is it that this team are trying to achieve? What is it? How are they trying to play? And that had gone, and I think that's been perhaps the telltale saying, tell telltale saying, sign of a team that is that is lost its way a wee bit. That mm. you know, you're sitting going, you're not sure what it is they're actually trying to do when they when they've got possession of the ball, and yeah. you know maybe that was just the the, the sign that time 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 was up for Joe. Yeah, I mean you're seeing a daunting task for any manager coming in, and you know I get that. Obviously nine points, you know it's a huge gap, but I mean. We touched on the Alex McLeish season when he came in. I mean, in many respects as well as, you know, it's it can be a good opportunity for a manager to come in because there's nothing really to lose. People have written off the league anyway. You know, you know the, the team can only go one way. There are decent players there. There will be a clutch of them will come back from injuries. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't think... It's a bit like Postacoglu coming in at Celtic. You know, he was yeah. in a high nothing at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. So whoever comes in, you know, I don't think... If, if whoever comes in and it goes wrong, like... For example, it went with post obviously different in the sense that post Coggle came in at the start of the season. But mm-hmm. if ever comes in and it doesn't go right in the second half of the season, I, I don't think at that point the punter will start getting angry with the, the new manager. No. It's, the, it's the board who are the next in line, and yeah. the, that's why the board must get this move, this uh, this appointment correct because they are th- skating on thin ice with the supporters right now. So many numerous issues we've obviously covered over the last. Year or so in terms of that upset the fans, Sydney Super Cup, you know, statements aimed at rump supporters, you know, mm-hmm. how many what, how many store kits are we on to now? 15, 16 since they took since that deal uh, came in. Um, you know, prices for Champions League tickets. So because we want to compete in the Champions League, 180 pounds, and yet then first first game you get beat, the managers out saying, Oh, we can't compete. So <laughs> all these all these things have upset the fans, mm-hmm. and then Nothing upsets them more than results in the park and performances in the park if they're not up to scratch. And so if this doesn't go right, they're next in the final line. So this is why it's a huge appointment for the the Rangers. I think it also has to be said, Daniel, that I I mean, there's no doubt when Giovanni Van Bronckhurst was appointed, it was a popular appointment. I think, you know, obviously because he had that spell as a player. And, you know, there were not many fans, certainly that I heard, who didn't didn't want him. So... I don't think there can be too many complaints about the decision at the time. Aye, absolutely. Um, Andy, you, you kind of touched on it there a moment ago, um, mentioning the board, but one man who is trending on Twitter this afternoon is Ross Wilson. And I know recruitment has been spoken a, a lot about in the last couple of months. What does the future hold for him, do you think? As I say, I mean, I think it all kind of rests in this, this next appointment. This will be the most crucial appointment of his of his tenure um, since coming in uh, two three years ago, obviously, um, you know it was always going to be tough appointing somebody to replace Stephen Gerrard, given what he'd achieved. Um, the thing that Stephen Gerrard got was time, you know, because his stature, because he's the name, the gravitas he was held in as a footballing figure for his playing days. He did get time, time that Gio Van Bronckhorst didn't get, uh, nobly so. And obviously it was to do with the way that the state that he the club was in when he took over. You know, it, it felt given not a free hit with Van Bronckhurst because there still was a title to win, 
But it felt like, you know, as Gavin says, an appointment that everyone could get behind. He's obviously a former player, had a you know track record of success at Feyenoord, um, especially against the odds. You know, Feyenoord hadn't won a title in 17, 18 years before Van Bronckhorst delivered that. Um, and then, you know, obviously a big name is what he'd done as a player, not just at Rangers, but elsewhere. So, um, you know, it was an appointment, the fact, I mean, an easy appointment for the board. I think it was, an, uh, you know, the the. Ross Wilson must have known that this was one that ticked a lot of boxes and he wasn't going to get too much uh, sort of a backlash for making that appointment. This one, you know, doesn't seem to be too many obvious sort of candidates in terms of, you know, you see a lot of the names bandied about in terms of guys that are going to satisfy the fans but are also gettable. I mean, that's the that's the mix. It's, sort of, it's the sort of problem Celtic had, obviously, you know, last summer when they were going for Eddie Howe, you know, a big name, somebody that's going to placate the supporters, but is he gettable? Eddie Howe then proved not to be gettable. Then they go for Posta Coglu, and okay, it's it's turned out magnificently for, for Celtic because he's been a an absolute, uh, you know, star appointment. He, he's done tremendously well. Obviously, he's still got a lot of work to do in Europe, but in terms of their domestic performances and the style of play and the way that he's got the fans back on side, it's, it's worked a dream for Celtic. Rangers now need to try and get somebody that can do can do that, but I'm not sure the Rangers board can afford to have that sort of sticky period at the start, like uh, Postecoglou had with it, where he got his feet under the table, because the level of anger that's brewing amongst the supporters is only going to go directed at one way, and it's going to be at them. You, you saw, you know, Celtic end eventually sort of forced out Peter Law, and um, you just wonder if, if if it goes wrong again. Uh, this this next appointment will will have repercussions for the Rangers board. I, I think at that point there's going to be a clamour for um for, for change at the top of the marble staircase. So I think this is why it is such a crucial crucial appointment for for Ross Wilson and the rest of the board. They have to get this right. They can't afford to to make another you know misplaced uh, appointment and then have the, the the anger of the fans directed at them. Not only getting the manager, Daniel, but listening to Chris Boyle on Sky Sports earlier, he described the next two Rangers, uh, the next two transfer windows, sorry, uh, two of the biggest in Rangers history. It's a crucial period wow. come up, and it's vital those involved learn from what has happened. Clearly, uh, I dig at the kind of recruitment, which I mean, the spotlight has been shone on the recruitment for um, for quite a while now. Looking at, remember there was a Champions League game. Was it was it the Napoli game? I can't remember when there wasn't one single summer signing, you know, and then Van Bronckhorst after it was trying to play that down. But there's no doubt it was significant. They've been unlucky with injuries, yes. Tom Lawrence has won. Had he been fit, would probably have started most of the games. So they have been unlucky with injuries. But there's definitely other signings um, that haven't really been up to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's a, big, it's a big couple of years come up for Rangers as well, in that sense, Gav, because when you think about it, Celtic are now looking at, I think this is what they are looking at, their 11th title in 12 years. Yep. Now, Celtic get 52 league titles. Rangers, the, the one thing that Rangers have got over their big rivals at the minute is they'll get this 55. Now, it's looking like it's going to be 53 for Celtic this season. If Rangers make a mess in next year, it's 54 versus 55. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you know, in terms of, you know, we know bragging rights are, are like in this city and what, you know, one thing that Rangers are able to, you know, Celtic will obviously get their European Cup and they will, you know, cheer that from their afters forevermore. <laughs> One thing Rangers fans have been able to shout back to them is, "Oh, we've won the league more." Well, you know, it's, it's now getting very close, and, and if Rangers don't get these 
transfer windows, right, and make themselves put themselves back in a position where they're they're competitive in the league and and winning titles regularly, then Celtic might just overtake them, and, and that you know, no Rangers fan will, will want to have that sort of thrown at them. So um, I, I think Gav's absolutely right. Chris Boyd's right. It's, it's a huge couple of transfer windows coming up. Uh, Gav, uh, Andy obviously we turned our attention to who could take over. Andy mm. rightly says it's more, uh, you know, a lot of it's about who's getting them. Two are the names that have been mentioned heavily, and it's just purely in social media. One, of course, <laughs> Stephen Gerrard. The other is Kevin Muscat, who I think he was Ange Postacoglu's assistant. He's mm. won the league at Yokohama. I mean, that would be a box office appointment. That would be very interesting. Yeah, Gerard. I just don't see Gerard returning in all the sort of years. Graham Soonis was saying on Talk Sport today as well. He'd spoken to him and didn't think he'd be up for it. Kenny Dalglish mentioned in his column a couple of weeks back. These are people who will be talking with a bit of authority on it. Kevin Muscat, former Rangers player. Um, I think, and now I'm not saying this would necessarily be right, but I think the fans would probably see it as a step below Postacoglu because he used to be, you know, he worked under him. Now, that's not to say that's necessarily fair, but I think that's how it would be viewed. I think of all the names out there, you know, whether, whether it is realistic or not, I think Sean Dyche would be the top. I think if Rangers could get him, he would be the number one choice. Seeing certainly one set of bookies odds that I'm looking at just now, he's three to one. Kevin Muscat, four to one, and Michael Beale, six to one. Michael Beale, I mean, there's plenty of love around for him from the Rangers fans. I know he did have that huge role in the Stephen Gerrard setup, but I'm just, I'm not sure. I'm just, he's still, uh, I mean, he's only in his first senior managerial position at QPR, and he had a great start. I'm just not entirely sure he's got the experience. Um, to be the Rangers manager in his own right. Uh, maybe I'm being unfair on him, but I, I just don't see it. You look at somebody like Sean Dyche, if they thought they could get him, I don't know whether the wages would, you know, whether Rangers could pay him what he would want, or what he'd be looking for. But in terms of experience, he's got a bit of steel as well. I mean, I think the dressing room needs somebody that's going to come in and give him a bit of a shake. He's the kind of guy that could do that. The only um, thing is, Dave, it's just a, such an about turn in terms of, Style. I mean, you, you always talk about the, the whole point of having somebody like Ross Wilson, director of football, sporting director, whatever you want to call it, is you, you want somebody to go in and you know, you know, ensure there's continuity of how the team plays through managers. So that when you appoint somebody, you're not having to bin the entire squad, yeah. bring in another whole host of different players. I mean, you saw that with Hearts when they appointed Ian Cathro, then they yeah. appointed Craig Levine, and it was just an absolute 180 in terms of. The type of yeah. player that we're having to play with, and if you think of Sean Dyche at Burnley, but I mean Burnley in the Premier League, you know, have to maybe play a certain way to get, and, and also Burnley fans are probably, you know, maybe they're quite a bit like exactly. But you're basing his appointment on a style of play. Where's the evidence? Where's the evidence that he can play a style? He can of play, play another style. That he can, that where's he can the evidence play. of that? So I mean, that, that if that's if that's like, if he's coming in promising, I'm going to start playing. You know, four three three, play it out for the back, and you know, ticky tack of football. Then, yeah. then that becomes a gamble because we've got nothing is to, to base a, a decision on that he can do that. You he know, he's point was on the basis that he's going to knock it up to two big front men, and yeah. you know, <laughs> we're back, we're back in nineteen ninety four. So, 
yeah. I mean, the thing is, we only really know him as, as sort of Burnley Man, you know, certainly recent, you know, recent uh, times, you know. So, so that's that's what we associate him with. I mean, if Ross Wilson was talking to, you, I suppose he would have to have that conversation and say, could you adapt? You know, you're going to dominate games up here. You're not Burnley up against, you know, the billionaires of Man City. So, you know, could you? That, that, that's why I think Daish. I mean, as well, I agree with you in terms of personality. You know, having somebody a big character who's going to go in and make yeah. demands of players and and really drag standards up. I think you know that's the thing that will be frustrating a lot of Rangers fans. Standards that were set that were supposed to be the absolute, you know, the, the minimum of slut, and it, it needs somebody to be, go in there. I mean, you look at Morelos. I mean, how has Morelos been able to drop so far in terms of his professionalism? You know, you know, if, if you've got a real leader in that dressing room, I think. You sit him down and you, you know, lay it straight to him. Get, you know, buck up your ideas or you're gone. You know, you certainly don't bring, you know, obviously Van Bronckhorst drops him before the PSV games. But, you know, two weeks later, he's back in against Celtic looking nowhere near ready. Nowhere near yeah. ready. And has never looked ready at any stage in the, in the two or three months since. So, you know, does a, does a really strong manager allow that to be the case? I'm not sure. I think, I think Morelos... Is bombed out, even if it means you're having to rely on Robbie Ewer as backup to Antonio Cholak until he proves himself ready. If I, I, don't, I think that's again one of the issues why Van Bronckers there. He's, he's not dealt the big, you know, a big issue in his dressing room. You know, the fact that a guy who's effectively your best player hasn't got himself in a condition or a, a mental space to to contribute. So it's something like Sean Dice prepared to let that sort of stuff slide. I don't think you would be. But I think the it has to be an overall package. You have to have a guy who's got the character, the persona, the gravitas to lead a dressing room like, like Rangers, but also have the fo- footballing acumen, the style of play, the tactical nous to, to compete at home uh, against uh, you know Postecoglou, who's got his style of play embedded in this team so securely and also in Europe. Yeah. Well, we know Ralph Hasenhutl, who was sacked at Southampton recently, knows Ross Wilson well and spoke highly of him. And would somebody like that be on your radar, Andy? Or what about Bielsa, another name that's been <laughs> around? Marcello uh, Gallardo at River Plate. These are all... But again, when you start getting into that territory, I suppose there's a little bit of a gamble. But then you mentioned Ange Postecoglou. People would have said that was a gamble, you know, and look how that's worked out, so... I mean, Bielsa, I, 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 you're talking about money with somebody like Bielsa. I mean, you have to be. What's he going to be looking for a year? Yeah, I mean, and, and it's a bit like Hassenhut as well. I'm, I'm not sure guys of his level that's worked in the Premier League for about four or five years mm-hmm. are ready to come to Scotland. I think, you know, I'm, I'm just not sure of that. Um, I wonder, I've seen like names like Tedesco that was the yeah, yeah. manager, uh, Peter Bosch um, as well, sort of been linked. Um, I think both of them, I'm pretty sure both of them are out of work at the moment. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Peter Bosch would be certain. I mean, you look at his um, CV or certainly the clubs. Leon and Leverkusen and European final as well. I mean, on the basis that they've been to Ibrox, they've sampled that atmosphere at Ibrox, they've seen what it's like. I wonder if that might appeal to them, especially if they're out of work. You know, you know, especially Bose has bounced about a few jobs. You know, he's never really stuck it. Maybe he's looking for somewhere that he thinks he can stick down some more solid routes. Maybe Scotland he, it might be the place that he thinks he can he can survive longer. But um, yeah, I mean, I think those are the kind of names I think would excite punters. But it's, it's whether or not Rangers can get them. I'm not sure about Hasselhoff and as much. <laughs> 
as much as I would love to see Bielsa up here uh, causing havoc and putting spies, putting spies outside Lennox Town and <laughs> things like that, having a drone flying above Lennox Town, um, I'd love to see that. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's going to come about. That that would be amazing. I think we should start that. <laughs> but that's the thing, Daniel. Although I said earlier on when you said he shocked him, say, well, you know. I couldn't see him. I'm, I'm surprised that it took so long, you know, a week into the winter break. I thought it would have been quicker after the, uh, sooner after the St Mirren uh, draw. But, I mean, that week I will have allowed them, even though the decision has been announced today, they'll have known, you know, yeah. whatever for whatever reason the delay was, whether it was to do with compensation or whatever it is, they've had that week. They have to have been working away in the background. There's no you doubt know, about I, it. I think, I mean, I was, uh, you know, speaking to some people uh in Van Bronckhorst's camp over the last week. I mean, I think they were desperate to try and persuade the board to stick by him. So I think that's maybe been part of it, is that, you know, people near Geo have been trying to persuade the board to, to give him the time. And, you know, the board have perhaps listened to those arguments and they've taken time to sort of weigh everything up. I mean, as much as, you know, boards can, you know, we're always guilty of it in the media. You, you sort of, um, you demand knee-jerk reactions and then when you get knee-jerk reactions, you accuse them of, of, of going too soon. Um, you know, they, they've obviously taken their time to weigh up the decision to decide, you know, okay, he's, he's had a, he's been dealt a, a tough hand this year. He's had injuries. The recruitment hasn't gone well. You know, is it his fault? Is it Gio's fault? Or is it just going too far now that the, the punters are, are just not wearing them anymore? Um, they've obviously taken their time, but now they need to. This is it, you know, it's decision time. They need to get the, this next appointment right for yeah. their own sakes. And one thing that's for sure, guys, with AGM coming up, it's definitely not going to be boring. It's going to be an interesting few weeks. No, it's weird because we were at, uh, certainly the one uh, a year ago, and Van Bronckers was just in the door. I'm trying to think, I think he maybe had a couple of games, but it was. I mean, it was so calm. It was like, I don't even think he was asked anything. He sat there the whole time as a virtual spectator. And the same even with the board. I mean, at that time, top of the league, there was so, there was just nothing really of any real controversial note. Um, it hasn't really been a lively AGM since the days of gazebos and no. tents and the pitch. Um, the last few have been fairly calm. Even when there were things you thought they might kick off about. I mean, I remember... You know, I think the one after uh, maybe Kashinia's time in charge, and you were thinking this could get a bit tasty, but no, it's you know it's been fairly calm. I get the feeling this might be a bit different this time. I, yeah. I think there might be uh, a wee bit more, yeah, more action. But that is the thing, you know, they make an appointment, Daniel. You know, whenever next week, and you know things do change, and you, you know fans, you know, yeah, of course, yeah, they, they will be having a go at the board, but. You know, if there's a new manager up there and they're happy with the appointment, you know, a lot of the time as well, they kind of appease, you know, fans. sometimes you think it's going to be bigger and, and, it, and it doesn't transpire, as Andy said. I've seen it, I've seen it over the years at many, you know, uh, both Rangers and Celtic AGMs where you think, oh, that's it, it's going to be absolute hell on and then it's not for whatever reason. Yeah. Well, guys, I could talk to you all day about this. We could speculate into the wee others. But I think that brings us to the end of today's Record Sport Facebook Live. Should say for everyone commenting, thanks for getting involved. You can find us also at Record Sport on Twitter and at Daily Record Sport on Instagram. And you can follow all of the latest reaction to Geo's uh, sacking on dailyrecord.co.uk forward slash sport. Guys, 
as ever. It's been a pleasure. Cheers, Dan. Cheers, Gavin. And we'll be back next time. Cheers.